Hey everybody, it's Timmy Gibson here with you for the Timmy Gibson Show. Gosh, I cannot even tell you how excited I am about this particular episode. I got the opportunity to interview Jay Baker, the son of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. If you've not heard of them, just Google them. And this this is a, a really important interview because Jay and I... Um, are close in age. He's, I think he said he was 44, which you'll hear in the interview here in a minute, which by the way, this interview was crispy, clear, no technical difficulties. It's a beautiful, beautiful interview. So I'm super excited. Um, but Jay Baker is, uh, someone that shares a similar story, uh, to mine. And that is being raised in an evangelical home. Of course, (laughs) His his story is a quite a, quite a, a, a different story with with a lot of intriguing and interesting um, uh, yeah just it's an interesting story for sure uh, and and Jay Baker was recently interviewed by uh, Larry King and now he's come to the big time to be interviewed by me so <laughs> uh, I, I would just highly recommend that that you look into Jay Baker and that's Baker with two K's and uh, look into what he's doing uh, and he'll mention at the end of the interview some of his uh, social media uh, platforms that you can connect with him on for sure uh, but, but many of you are familiar with at least those of you that are older than 30 would have uh, some recollection or memory of uh, Jim and Fam- Jim and Tammy Faye Baker uh, story. So uh, rather than telling you anything about that, I mean you can you can go look that up on your own. Uh, the interview we spent, I would say, ninety percent of the time just talking to Jay about Jay and about uh, his spiritual journey and his or his religious journey, if you will. And uh, just we talk about a lot of interesting things. Um, Kind of, I would I, I wouldn't say we were all over the map. I would I, I think that we stayed pretty consistent with with a theme throughout. Uh, but at the end, you know, I like to ask those that I interview some of the fun questions about aliens and UFOs and all that kind of stuff. And so Jay and I had the opportunity to kind of laugh and talk about that stuff too. So uh, so buckle in, uh, grab yourself a, a glass of wine or a big fat cigar or a big cup of coffee or hot chocolate or whatever your deal is. And sit back and enjoy my interview with the one and the only Jay Baker. Hello. Jay. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Man, you sound really here. I interviewed um, Carlton Pearson a couple days ago. Oh, yeah? It was just popping and cracking and everything else. Well, this yes. my, my phone is very strange. Sometimes it's fantastic, and sometimes it's a real pain. But yeah. <laughs> so where where do you live now? I don't even know where you're at. Are we have we have we started yet, or are we going to start? Yeah, yeah, it's it's going. Okay, I just never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me so my... I'll do just FYI. I'll do okay. an intro. Uh, I'll I'll splice in an intro in the beginning. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, we're rolling. Okay, I'll put on my. My interview voice. No good. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Jay Baker. I talk like so anyway. <laughs> really badass. Um, I'm in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but um, am moving to Seattle 
Really? In November. Yeah. Really? I've been in Minneapolis for seven years, and a lot happened. I got married in New York, and a week later, I moved to Minnesota, and had two kids, got divorced, and then had a nervous breakdown, uh, started a church. Uh, I seem to move in sevens, which is a very (laughs) holy number, I guess. I would have thought that the started a church then the breakdown rather than the other way around well i well i mean i i mean every time i just keep i've been doing revolution my the church that i do for 20 some odd years and i just move when i move it moves i guess and sure so um yeah so so me and uh my ex-wife um we're talking and just both decided that um Minnesota is, uh, we were both ready to move. The winters are pretty harsh and, yeah. and the most important thing is keeping the kids together in the same town. We had, you know, both yep. discussed moving different places at one time, but I think we both just really love the kids so much. So the compromise was, you know, Seattle. And so that's what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, live in different places, but you know, close. Sure. sure. And, um, so yeah, so it, it I think that's a co-parenting win right there. So absolutely, yeah, it's nice that you guys are amicable. I'm I'm also uh, divorced uh, after 25 years of marriage, and wow. and we're uh, amicable. You know, I mean, it, yeah, it, it, there were there weren't lawyers involved, and of course, you know, anything like that is there's the messy side that that definitely no I mean, one's I, business, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, was, you know, we did mediation, and I, I'm just grateful that we did it that way rather than lawyers and. Yeah. And it was really, um, you know, it really worked out and, uh, you know, I mean, it took time to get where we were comfortable, but you know, sure. when you have kids involved, you just kind of get there eventually. And, and everybody said it would, and it did, you know? Yeah. And I follow this co-parenting app for any folks out there who might be listening on, um, this co-parenting it's called co-parenting, I think on Instagram. Really? And, uh, yeah, and I've actually talked to the folks who run it a few times and just found it really encouraging as I was going through just trying to learn how to, you know, balance my life. And uh, so, yeah. That's a that's a big deal. My kids were are both adults. Uh, okay. My son was 18. My daughter was 22. And so, yeah, thankfully, uh, there wasn't that that issue to deal with. I have several friends that have gone through divorces and Man, it get it gets super complicated with the kiddos, uh, or can, can yeah. Be. Well, you know, super I was married for actually longer when I was younger. Uh, for I was married for seven years, and um, you know, we split up, and it's just different because with that marriage, me and Amanda just we never, you know, we I talked to her for the first time in almost twenty years a few days ago, which was really ironic. Um. You know, and it and it's you know you move on with your life, you know. Um, right. But when when the kids are involved, there's just you know you're together forever. Right. You know. Yeah, you death, can't just to, think about yourself. You got so to death think about do the us kiddos. part is what they should say when the, when you're having babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the doctor should come in and make that part clear. Like to, from death do you part, unless you're kind of not a good parent. But till death right. do you part, you're going to be in this. <laughs> 
I just think it's cool that you guys are actually going to be moving uh, together. I mean, you know, not living together, but yeah. moving together to the same. I think that's just cool. I mean, I, well, I'm sure we'll get into this. So yeah. um, what I guess both of your careers can are mobile. Yeah. Movable. Yeah. That's awesome. It's funny because, you know, I, being in the church most of my life, you know, it's like, I moved to Minnesota and people, Oh, did God call you to Minnesota? I was like, no, I just got married and my <laughs> spouse got a job there, you know? And, and, and I mean, it was kind of the same with New York, you know, and when I was married, my, my spouse, you know, my partner got a, went just wanted to go to school there. Um, so, you know, I just, you know, I just go where the, where the, the, where the, the women blows, where the women take where me. The, <laughs> I mean, where the, Lord <laughs> where, takes the where, me. where the, where the, <laughs> Oh my gosh. So uh, I, I'm curious, how young are you, by the way? How young am I? Uh, uh-huh. That's a good question. Um, I'm 44 years young. 44 um, years young. Yeah. So we're not too far apart. I'm 51. Okay. Yeah, no, we're not too far apart. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm trying to, I was trying to remember how we, how we had connected. I think I just reached out to you on Instagram. I think, it, I think it was me. Actually, oh, because you I actually asked messaged... you if you did LGBTQ weddings. That's right, you did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, yeah, that's right. You, because I, I, I fo- somehow we followed each other, and I, you were always posting pictures of the weddings that you were performing, and um, I just, I know a few people, and I was like, you know, this guy does a lot of weddings. I wonder if he does any LGBTQ weddings. And I'd known some people in the area at the time. And so that's why I'd asked. And yeah, he did. Yeah. So I didn't, yeah, have to stra- then- I didn't have to straighten you out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I got straightened out on that a long time ago. And, and honestly, if, if, I mean, you know, I don't use the words, you know, well, God told me or God moved me, you know, that yeah. stuff anymore, but uh, and we'll get into this, but yeah, that, that was the kind of the beginning of my journey back in the early two thousands, uh, where I felt like God really led me down a road of, of, of supporting the LGBTQ community. And I was very outspoken, came out of the closet as a supporter yeah. of gay marriage and, you know, as a heterosexual, uh, evangelical at that time, pastor, uh, that didn't go over really well <laughs> with, with, oh, the, yeah, no, with, with the circles that I was in, which is, uh, Preaching of the choir on that one. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I felt the same way. And I, I made the mistake of rather than saying the Lord led me to the Lord told me. Mm. Oh, man. Evangelicals had a lot of fun with that, you know. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I have a. a I choose my words wisely now. Yeah, I do, too. Oh, my gosh. Especially in this day and age. But yeah. I uh, I had when I had come out of the closet in support of the of gay marriage, I had I did a, a video and put it on YouTube. And, oh, my gosh. I haven't even seen all the comments just because a lot of, a lot of hate, a lot of bashing yeah. on there. And so I, I, I want to keep myself as sane as possible. So I don't even, I don't even read the, the hate anymore. Um, it, it just isn't good for my soul, which brings me to one of yeah. the, one of the main things I want to talk to you about, um, which just side note real quick. Didn't your mom live here in Lock Lloyd? Yes. Okay. I had, I that's had, where she passed away. Okay. I thought I had heard that. Cause that's not, I have some friends that live in Lock Lloyd. I've yeah. done weddings in Lock Lloyd. Yeah. She's actually uh, buried there. Not well, really? no, 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 no. Actually she's buried about an hour and a half from there, but yeah. Okay. All right. Now is, did, did you guys have some ties to Kansas city or that her that husband, just... 
her husband was from Kansas City, Roe Messner. And okay. he and so she literally was probably the last six months of her life that she lived there. Okay. Um, he was a builder and built her a house there. And um, yeah, that was the okay. first time I had been there. But my mom had already passed by the time I got there. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, but the... So the big questions. Um, what? Where did your journey begin? You were raised evangelical. Um, actually, in a, in a I mean, I was born in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You were born heavily into, and for those that don't know, uh, Jay Baker is the son of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. It was a, was that the TBN or T, uh, no, Praise the Lord? PTL. PTL. Yeah. Uh, back in my, you know, that, I remember that. That's back in like the, the Jimmy Swagger, Larry Lee. I mean, yeah. back in the days of when I was thick into it as well. Yeah. Um, but you and I share a similar journey kind of, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, a stepping away, I guess, if you will, are different views uh, from the evangelical uh, Christian theology. So where did that begin for you? Like, when did you kind of start really struggling with those beliefs or reconciling certain things about the beliefs within the evangelical uh, church? What, where'd that start for you? Well, it's funny. I think I have a kind of a not typical answer for that. Um <laughs> I feel like it maybe started right away with the parents that I had. Yeah. And the reason was, is that my parents were deep in the evangelical world. Um, but personally, it, there was a bit of a wink, you know, it, it, uh, to it. You know what I mean? Like they lived right. their lives. Like they loved their, 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 their message at that time, my father's gone very conservative in the past 10, 15 years, but back at that time, um, their message was clearly just basically Jesus loves you, you know, right. Jesus loves you. And, um, and not, not very polarizing yeah, device. And, and they point. weren't no politics, you know, no, you know, my father was never involved with politics. I mean, he got asked to be, join the Christian coalition when it started and he said, no, um, very interesting history there. And, um, but so my, you know, and people would ask my dad to, to, you know, like, what is it, you know, like give a support, support a candidate. a candidate and he wouldn't do it because he said it wasn't, wasn't legal because he, you know, he ran right. a church. And what's really funny is I just got recently asked to do the same thing. And I said, no, um, <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, am I going to turn, Hell to the fucking <laughs> no. am I going to turn into a giant conservative <laughs> minister one day? Um, no, um, that's just a joke, dude. I'm just going to tell you right now, if you ever fucking go on TV as some kind of a, a conservative evangelist, I'm going to hunt your well, ass down. Just, just <laughs> hunt me down and take me to a really good psychiatrist. Because I think that would yeah. just mean I had a mental break. Um, <laughs> um, so, no. But um, but my parents raised me in a way where, like, you know, a lot of the people that worked for them would be like, secular music is of the devil. But my parents would let me listen to, like, I knew who Run DMC was. You know, like, I experienced hip-hop when it started. My parents took me to see Striper in a bar when I was 11 years old. Not maybe even not even 11, like 10, 10 years old, maybe. 
And, okay. you know, when they weren't accepted in the church, when the evangelicals were like, oh, we're not sure that Striper's safe, even though they were totally Christian band, you know. Right. Um, so my parents were always kind of open to to new and different things. I mean, you know, like in 1986, I think it was 86, my mom interviewed, you know, an MCC pastor, you know, openly gay pastor with AIDS, you know, because she wanted to interview. I remember that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you know, they were able to, because of their influence and because of their power, they were able to get away with things that most evangelical Christians weren't. So I think that's really where my journey started was seeing that, you know, right. and then when my father was in prison, um, you know, my father wanted, you know, Jerry Falwell wanted to meet with my father and Jerry Falwell had a lot to do with the downfall of my parents, or at least the lack of yeah. restoration of my parents. Yeah. And um, my dad sat down and taught me the importance of forgiveness. And that was something that I did not see in the evangelical church. And I think uh, that's, they, that's, they eat their own. Yeah. And I think that's what drove me away mostly from the evangelical church in the beginning, even though I probably stayed around in those, I ran in those same circles and was probably very well financed by those circles for a, a period of time. Um, because, you know, they didn't really know what was or what wasn't in some ways, but, um, right. you know, as long as you were popular, that was, you were okay. And, um, right. so, so I think the journey kind of started there. I mean, the major theological shifts um, probably started when I turned, oh, I would probably be 20 or 21 when, when the major shifts really started. And it's funny because, you know, you mentioned um, you'd interviewed uh, Carlton Pearson. Um, Carlton Pearson has been a family friend forever since I was a, a yeah. small child. And D.E. Polk, uh, who they, they had a church in Atlanta called the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit, his, his uncle pastored, um, that, that he would also come and speak at when I was a teenager a lot, which is really interesting. But it was D.E. Polk who, who really changed my life. I had started Revolution Church in Arizona um, with three of my friends, Unearned Assemblies of God Church, and what happened was, is that first year it was going okay, but then I just started to feel like God hated me, you know, and I, and, and I, huh. because I couldn't yeah. obey all the rules, you know, like I could not stop lusting, you know, I could not stop wanting to drink. I could not yeah. stop, you know, wanting to do these things, you know, and I was doing the stuff where like I would go out of town and get drunk for a weekend and then come back and do church and then feel guilty about it. And, you know, and I, and I, but I was so like, felt like I had to be true that finally I just left the church, you know, I'm just like, I'm yeah. done. And, um, and I was talking to my friend DE and, uh, I said, D I feel like God hates me. And I, I told him what I told you basically. And he said, Jay, you know, you're making Christ's death in vain. And, uh, I'm like, well, what do you mean? You know? And he's like, he's like, you completely are ignoring grace. And I thought he was justifying his own sin. Just, straight out of the bat. Right. I ended up moving in with him, but I justify my sin too. <laughs> but, um, but one day I, you know, I went, got a job and he was pastoring and stuff and I'd help with the church a little bit. But one day I said, if this grace is really a real thing, I need you to prove it to me. 
And he goes, just, you know, read Galatians, read Romans and read Corinthians. And that's why I always get bugged when people like have a hard time with Paul and want to throw Paul, the apostle right. under the bus, because it was really Paul's writings that introduced me to the concept of grace that allowed me to understand Jesus better. So, I mean, I really needed, right. and Paul is the earliest writings we have, but I really needed Paul to clear up some things. And Paul did. Yeah. Now, not, not all Paul is Paul. So I'll, I'll, I'll be clear about that. Right. Like, I think the pastoral epistles are, are, are trash in some ways. Like, I think they're, they're, they're forgeries. Sure. Honestly, they're, they're not. I, I yeah, that, oh, I don't believe of course. I think that's kind of been. Proven yeah, it has somewhat. been somewhat proven. And, you know, but people still say, well, you know, you could write in people's names and still take them as, you know, the scripture. And I'm just like, you know, I, I just kind of avoid them. I'm just like, you know, I really think they were to clean up Paul more than they were to, yeah. to, to anything. Um, anyhow. But yeah, so so that moment of realizing what grace was, and I remember calling my father and, and talking to him about it and being like, why didn't we talk about this more as a kid? And he said, well, you know, it just seemed too good to be true. And so that dive into grace is what started it all. And, you know, a lot of people talk about deconstruction, especially now, you know, oh, deconstruction podcast, deconstruction groups, deconstruction. And for me. Looking back, what I realized is when I jumped into theology, that's what it is. Theology is complete deconstruction, constantly reinventing itself, constantly evolving yeah. and changing And uh, as you dive into it. So it really blew my mind. you know. So I started reading people like uh, – I read this guy, Mike Iaconelli, who would be probably considered evangelical. He ran this thing called Youth Specialties. Um, and his book really shook me and I started reading, um, I read this guy's this book by a guy named Steve Brown called when being good, isn't good enough. And then I started reading Brendan Manning and, you know, we we're off to the races. It all started there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, even though they were all would be con comfortable, considered okay in evangelical circles, maybe some things questioned here and there. I mean, even Steve Brown was a Calvinist for goodness sake, you know? And, sure. um, but that message of grace just kept me diving further and further because all of a sudden what I thought or what I did did not change the effects of what God thought about me in my, at that time, how I felt about God or how God thought God felt about me. And I needed that right. freedom to think and move. And it was funny. It was then when I joined AA was because it was all of a sudden it wasn't based on good deeds. You know, it wasn't merit based right. anymore. And that was when I was finally able to be like, you know, I think I might have a problem with alcohol. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like before I tried to stop for God and I could not stop for God. But when I, when I, when I realized that, you know, there was more, you know, it was, you know, God loved me if I was drunk in a ditch or, you know, preaching to the, you know, to the masses or whatever, all of a sudden the power was gone, you know? And so right. when you take away that, the forbidden fruit, something interesting happens. And so that's where it's Isn't yeah. that amazing how that works that when you're trying to, and again, I don't necessarily believe this theology, but you'll understand this, but when you're trying to uh, not go to hell, that there, it, that's a, that's a heavy burden. <laughs> right. It's so yokey compared to just live heavenly, just live, live from a place of love and grace. Don't, 
yeah anyway yeah it's it's a switch it's just a different it's rather than like you know uh, sex is evil no it's about purity and it doesn't mean that you have to be a virgin before when you get married or anything i'm just saying it's like it's just a different slant rather than living in a way like i don't want to go to prison well why don't you just live an honest (laughs) life (laughs) well it's kind of like that all is permissible but not all is beneficial you know like you start right. to realize the practicality of some things and, and the practicality makes a lot more sense for living than the threat of eternal damnation, you know? Sure. I'm curious with, with, you know, part of my struggle and, and where my journey began, uh, and this will lead into a question that I really have been curious what you, where you are on this. It, part of the struggle I had, of course, you know, raised in the, in the evangelical church. I, well, you would have, you would know my pastor. Um, and, and I, and I'm not going to yeah. talk derogatory of him. So I'll mention him as Mike. Oh, Kirkie. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's the, that's the church I, I grew up under. So it was a, you know, throw down, show down the TBN type, yeah. you know, um, type, yeah, like type deal. So definitely a, an extreme uh, evangelical Pentecostal sect of, evangelicalism for sure not all of them are the same but for me it was a lot of it was the hypocrisy that i that i saw it was the the saying one thing and and living another thing and then it was the and i'm not talking about him i'm just talking about in in general uh it was the you know oh the pastor's coming to the house hide the alcohol right uh, right you know change if you're getting in the car with someone flip the channel to christian (laughs) music you know, like it's that silly, stupid stuff that that early on made me just question, like, well, what the fuck is this? Yeah, like, yeah. what is going on? Then I think that the big the big ticker for me, this was about. Well, this was back in in uh, when I went to Central Bible College, the Assembly of God Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, which is now shut down. Oh, wow. Anyway, I remember sitting in a class and the teacher, the professor said now this is back in the late 80s said that dinosaur bones were put on the earth by the devil to deceive and i remember sitting there now i hook i took a hook hook, line and sinker and and believed that at first because i was full on right right? like if 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 an evangelical said that the you know the bible said the earth is flat i don't care what the pictures show it's fucking right right like and and so I kind of bought into this whole narrative, and then with time you kind of go, well, that's not fucking right. Like that's that's actually not actually true. And because I valued, uh, you know, tr- the truth will set you free. I'm like, man, I, I don't just want what someone tells me is true to be true. Like that, I have to believe that. Like I want to know what's truly true, like a fact. Like this is actually true. And. Um, so anyway, that just led into my, my biggest struggle, which was this, you know, shitty Christian is going to go to heaven. And this wonderful, kind neighbor of mine that's Buddhist, who is, you know, kind, generous, precious, uh, devoted, all that stuff. And they're going to hell to burn forever and ever and ever because they're they don't believe like I do. I just couldn't reconcile that. Uh, I, are you still there? Did I lose you? Oh, shoot. All right, folks. I'm going to have to call him back.
Hey. Hey. So I don't, I forgot to tell you this whenever we when I uh, before I interviewed you that if you it drops uh, it. which yep it drops it just oh, FYI okay. so if that's what happened that's what happened uh, yep and say when you get a phone call it literally just disconnects um, us which is no fun. problem because I'll just splice these two okay. together I rarely get phone calls but yeah well okay. where did where did I where did I drop on you um where did you drop on me what were we talking about. Uh, what I, I think I was talking a little bit about what I couldn't reconcile was that uh, the Christian. Yeah. 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 And the hypocrisy. So, yeah. Yes. The, the biggest struggle for me, and this leads into my question for you, the biggest struggle I had was that, you know, my neighbor who was a kind, loving Buddhist, uh, full of love, generosity, all that, just such a wonderful human that, you know, I was taught that like they're going to hell and yeah. to burn forever and ever and ever while me and all these other shitty Christians uh, that do shitty things. But because we believe in Jesus, we're going to heaven to live on streets of gold in a mansion forever and ever and ever. That seemed so like I just couldn't reconcile that. I'm like, no, yeah. there's no way that's the way God set this up. Like I, where, where are you at on that? Well, I mean, I don't believe in hell, so or a literal hell, right? Um, so that helps. I don't, I don't um, either. So we're good. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and I did that. I mean, and that came from a simple, like just doing a word study on, you know, honestly, and and um, just looking at translations of, uh, earlier on, um, but then also then just coming to under, you know, looking at the nature of Christ as well. Sure. And and uh, so yeah, I, I, you know, I honestly don't think that. Christians have a corner on the truth. Um, but, you know, that came from so, so much studying and so much theology and really having to unlearn everything that had been thrown into my brain and that, you know, God was the only truth. And because, I mean, I can remember being a teenager and going places and just looking and being like, you know, oh, God has a plan for all these people. It's just so sad that they're rejecting it, you know, and even though I was rejecting it too at the time. Sure. But I'm like, you know, all these people are going to hell, you know, and like this idea of like going like, you know, living in a place like New York and being like seeing all these different people who are so devout to their faith and their ideas and going like, so, you know, my whole block is going to hell, even though half of them are, you know, even more than that are more faithful to what they believe than I am to what I believe, you know, and, right. and that just made no sense at all. And so, um and I don't know. It makes me sad that people are afraid of logic and that people are afraid to dig deeper into that. I think that's why fundamentalism, like when people are like, I like fundamentalism, you know, and it focuses on the fundamentals. It's like, but the fundamentals, you miss the truth. You miss, you know, the, the meat and, 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 and all the things. And you have to look at the, how even in our, in, in the Christian faith, how it builds on inclusion, you know, um, yeah. You know, Jesus goes with struggling to talk to, you know, the woman at the well or, you know, the woman, you know, when he says, you know, who has to remind him that even dogs, it comes from the table to, you know, Paul saying there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, slave nor free, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, eternity doesn't is not something, you know, I, I think a lot about, you know, I, I heard it said like, you know. Do I, you know, a friend of mine you know, was asked, do you believe in life after death? And he goes, well, I believe in life before death. Yep. And, um, 
that's really rung true to me. Um, if there is a heaven, man, that's awesome. I, you know, I'll be, I'll be so excited to see my loved ones again and especially my mom and, you know, um, and everybody else. Cause I don't think anyone would go to hell. Sure. Um, but if there's not, then I'm, I'm, you know, hell, I don't even, I won't even know it. So, right. you know, that's fine too. Right. Um, but I've built my life on the principles of, 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 Christianity and I've refined that and I've looked at it deeper and yeah, I've done some, probably some cherry picking. I think everybody does. I think you could point out oh, that Jesus yes. does it in the, in, in the new Testament. And I think you could point out that Paul does it as well. And different oh. folks in the Bible do, it. I think James does it as well. And so, um, you know, but that's part of growth and, and knowing who you are and, and, and having life experiences and, you know, and studying deeper and, you know, philosophy has opened up a whole new door for me. So absolutely. And I think it's been a, it's, it's a fascinating journey. You know, I, I guess being that I recently, I mean, it was just last year that I, I, I shut down my church and, and changed it from mercy church to mercy community. Um, and it's a non-religious spiritual uh, community now uh, that actually I'm going to relaunch in December, but um it, you know, it's been such a weird journey because my family, probably much like your dad, you know, my family's uh, uber conservative, you know, so they're always yeah. saying, you know, they there's, they say these things, which in my mind, they just don't even compute anymore. I'm so far removed from this, but they'll say things like, well, I'm just reading the Bible, you know, black and white. I mean, I'm there's no interpretation. I mean, this is what it says. And, you know, and that just it's like you can't have, in my opinion, like you can't have a, a real intellectual or even a realistic conversation with someone that views the Bible like that, because it's like, yeah, but okay. You realize that like Jesus didn't pin this book, like, right? The King, like God didn't write this in King James. Matter of fact, God didn't write this at all. And let's be yeah. honest, men wrote it like specifically men with penises wrote, like wrote right. this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years after the fact. So, you know, for you to say, well, this is the word of God. It's like, well, okay. I mean, if you that, if that's what you believe, it's it's going to be a, a difficult conversation because the very platform with which this conversation needs to take place, you know, because I don't believe that. I believe it's the word of man about God uh, or what they think they know yeah. about well, God. Well, I mean, and the fact that it's like, the, the, you know, it, this, to have such a simplistic understanding, the, the problem is, is like, you know, I understand wanting to be faithful. You know, I get it. I get that idea of like, well, I'm trying to be faithful to the scripture, you know, but it's like, well, you're not, but, you know, but you're honestly by reading it by that, the way you're reading it is not being faithful to the scripture. You don't realize how the book was put together. Right. You don't realize that it's a collection of writings. You know, if, when you start to study and you realize that there's some things that probably shouldn't be in there, mm -hmm. you know, and, and should be questioned, you know, like, oh, you know, it's like God's in control, but it, you know, it's like, well, we're not, you're not reading it correctly by not take you're honestly, by not looking deeper into it, by not questioning it, you're not taking it seriously. And, but right. what I have to say is about those evangelicals and my evangelical upbringing was I was told to take the book so seriously yes, that I did, that I went and I bought history books you know because i dropped out of high school so i never went to bible college yeah. so i went and bought history books i went and bought greek books i went and bought hebrew books i went and bought all these different books to study what it said 
You know what I mean? So now when I talk about like Romans one, not talking about LGBTQ people, I can point out, I, I've actually seen a statue of the God that they were worshiping, you know, that they were doing certain things that Paul is actually talking about rather than how we've turned it into this verse about gay people. Right. You know, it's like, I've took it so seriously, but the finding is, is sometimes when you really look into something, you may find things that you don't like or that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen when you take it seriously. For people who read it in an English understanding, um, I think what you would say is that they have about a sixth grade level of an understanding of what that is in that collection of writings. Yes. You know, so that the thing is, is that they're not reading it at a higher level than the sixth grader. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're not, they don't know context. They're not looking into context even, you know, and if you're reading, I mean, you wouldn't read a fictional book, you know, without context. Right. You know what I mean? Much less saying this is a book that's supposed to be about, you know, to tell me how to live. Right. And I was like, well, you, you, do you know what the Middle Eastern, what was happening in the Middle East at that time? Do you know what the traditions were? Do you know what marriage was? You know, do you know what, what, what the law was, what Roman law was when it was given to a man having another, you know, you were not considered a man if you received the penis. Right. Only if you gave the penis. And that was from the Romans. You right. know what I mean? Right. So it's like, you know, you, 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 if you don't know all these like little intricate things, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, when you look at customs and go like, oh, that's why he said that. Right. Yes. That's why that happened. Yes. You know what I mean? And so I just decided to dissect the book, you know, and I mean, it's so funny is like I was one time on Larry King and uh, they, he had me talking with atheists and they wanted to debate. And they're like, well, you talk so much about your Jesus, but Jesus is the one who talked all about hell. And I said, well, which hell are you talking about? And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I, you know, I was sharper back then. So I was like, Gehenna or this one or this one, you know, southwest yeah. of Jerusalem, like an actual dump. You know, I'm like, I'm like, do you don't realize that what you're. I'm like, you've just pointed this out to me, but let me point out to you what it means. Right. And they could, they didn't know what to do with it. And right. I remember saying back to them, I'm like, listen, you know, you're a scientist, you know, and you're critiquing my text, yet you don't even actually have a basic understanding. You know, you don't have a scientific understanding of what the text is even saying. Right. You know, and, you, you know, so it's like they're taking it at the same sixth grade understanding as the evangelical. Right. You know, and so that's what drives me a little bit nuts is it's like the simplistic understanding of it is if people want to debate it on that. And so now I, you know, I have people who, you know, atheist friends, you know, who I've had to sit down and been like, listen, you're, you're the things that you don't believe. I don't believe either. Right. You know, <laughs> um, and some of the stuff you're writing me off on is you're, 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 you're arguing with is you're arguing with me the same things that the evangelicals will argue with me just on the different sides. You right. know, let me try to understand, let me, you know, this is something that I've spent time looking at and studying. So, you know, if we really want to take it apart, we have to look at it within its context, within its original meaning. And then, you know, can, can you agree or disagree with it? I think, of course, you can disagree with it. I mean, Paul said, you know, if the Bible's written by men and Paul said, you know, God has no favor of men and there are no special people, you know, for us to put the writers of the Bible above anybody else is... It's the air and it's to go against exactly what the writers said. And that's the thing. I think that I think uh, evangelicals specifically, I mean, that's my background. 
I think they do a disservice to the Bible whenever they say, well, the Bible interprets the Bible. The only book you need is this book right here. Right. Yeah. It's like, that's the most ignorant thing. I, I actually talked to somebody the other day and they said, well, I only read the Bible. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, no, but my dad said, well, I just I just read the Bible. And I said, well, dad, let me tell you why that's a, an issue. Yeah. You know, and, and we had similar conversation to said some of the same of the things we just said now, you know, and and that's the thing, even with my own family is like, you know, when my dad pushes back. I have to not get angry, you know, I have to sit down and say, all right, dad, let me explain to you why, you know. And, um, like I told him, like, I, you know, like you've got calling by God. And I'm like, well, you know, I said, I feel more like haunted by God. I don't feel called by God. <laughs> and he goes, no, you have to say calling. You can't say haunting and blah, blah, blah. And I went through it and said, well, this is why I feel like, you know, and I was just kind of sparring with him a little bit. So I got a little, little bit funny with him, but I was like, well, maybe I said, you know, in some ways I feel like I might actually be more of a Christian than anybody else in this room right now. And he was like, what? <laughs> you know, and I went through the argument with him. Why? And, 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 uh, and then, you know, a funny thing at the end of the argument, he goes, you know what? You might be right. You know, because, yeah. you know, he was willing to listen and come around a little bit. I mean, it didn't change his theology, but, sure. um, but the thought is like, you know, I'm not saying these things just willy nilly, right. you know, these aren't, you know, these aren't, this is, I said, I'm studying more than you've studied. You know, I'm looking deeper into the text. It's, I'm saying these things because I do, because I've been told to take the text so seriously. And the thing that I've learned by taking the text as seriously as you've told me to, is to not take it that seriously. Right. <laughs> you know, to not take it that literally, you know, and to see it for something that it is, as a collection of writings and letters and stories and poems and you know when you you know it's it, i i know what it is you know i know what it is now and so when fundamentalists get angry at me i'm just going like well you're angry at me because i did what you told me to right right you know? and people always like well where do you get your liberal theology from and when they would say to the, the funny thing is, is when they would say this to me in my 20s i honest to god would tell you where my liberal theology came from was from going to family christian bookstore and buying books written about the Bible, <laughs> like books written by, made by Zondervan. Yeah, you know what I mean, made by the. I'm like, I just read the. I've read these books, you know, and 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 and, and most of my friends who are intellectuals would say I was an idiot for reading those books, you know. Right. But these books told me the what the actual word meant. This book told me about the customs here. This book showed me a picture of different gods. You know, it showed me statues that were found by archaeologists of the different gods they worshipped. I researched the different gods and found out what they did when they worshipped these gods, you know. And yeah. so it's just like, you know, I mean, that's stuff that I don't really argue as much anymore because evangelicals have written me off pretty much. Sure. But, you know, but if I have to go back there or when I'm with my dad, you know, the thing is like, you know, I did what you guys told me and you're just pissed off about what I found out. You know? And that's yeah, that's been my journey too, Jay. Is the it's been the more that I've studied <laughs> that that has taken me on this journey. That that's yeah, yeah I, I share the same experience. It's like the more and the more I opened up too. I think the other thing that changed <laughs> with me is the so after I left Central Bible College, I went to Rama Bible Training Center, Kenneth Hagen. 
And when I went there, you know, their thing was, and you know, they had a bookstore and they said, don't buy or read any book except what we have in the bookstore. (laughs) And every book in that bookstore was either written by Kenneth Hagen senior or Kenneth Hagen junior, or someone that was a graduate of (laughs) of that school. Like, I mean, there was no, like Rick Warren, Rick Warren was, was, was off. He was too, he was carnal. I mean, anybody, Andy Stanley, carnal. I mean, anybody outside of the, the, that charismatic world was uh, not to be, you know, whatever. So once I got over that bullshit, once I was like, okay, that's ridiculous. Like I need to open up, I need to remove the box that I've put my faith in or my Christianity or whatever the hell this is my journey i'm going to remove the box and 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 actually look for actual truth like okay we discovered ancient societies that lived or you know tens of thousands of years ago okay like how does that gel how does that make sense yeah. or what does that make me believe now i mean really but what i remember back in the day you know how we would always defend that is well carbon dating isn't right and Yo, I, mean, I remember that yeah. i mean all the you know just dinosaur bones they say they're millions of years old that's just because they were little. i mean they just it's like you got to make up all this crazy shit and do all these cartwheels to try to defend something that it's like no you don't need to defend this yeah. just open up and go okay so the earth is 4.5 Point three billion years old and evolution might be a part of this whole thing but maybe god was involved you know like i don't know i wasn't there no one knows well it's just funny too is that these folks who are so focused on winning people to jesus you know are doing more to turn people away by a simplistic uninformed uneducated understanding of the bible yes you know they're like we got to win the world but like you're never gonna i mean i don't feel that way anymore but i'm like if that's your thing you know you're honestly alienating all these people because you're you because of, of this these because you're fundamental you're focused on fundamentals and not understanding the actual book and not realizing that there's totally room for science that we should have science that we should have these things you absolutely know? There, and, I, um, I i live uh, in the heart of kansas city i live in, in an area called the plaza and it's the place where like uh, like all the Black Lives Matter pro- uh, uh, protests have happened. All like anything that's going on, it, it happens here in this area. Yeah. I'm at. So anyway, there's street preachers that come down here, <laughs> and there's one in particular that has a huge sign, and it literally shows people falling off into hell. Wow! Uh, and he stands up on this you know this crate with a bullhorn screaming at how sinful sinful and and that everybody's going to hell uh, and yada 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 and i'm just thinking to myself dude you think this is helping you're right like you think you're doing any good here and it it, like you said i mean to your point it, it, it i feel like that turns people away rather than a you know an open non argumentative uh discussion Rather than, hey, you must believe like I believe to validate me. Um, and rather I think, than allowing people to believe whatever. And getting past the idea of now, you know, I don't live in this idea that I've got to convert people or change anyone and just live my life. And I mean, honestly, I feel like my 
job as a communicator now is to help people think critically, live a life of grace if they possibly can by giving grace to themselves and others and, and, uh, think critically, you know, and, yeah. and read, read good books and, and live life well and help others live life well, you know? Yeah. What, what would you say would, I would assume you don't consider yourself necessarily religious though. I mean, I guess we are in a way, but would you say you're more spiritual than religious? And if so, what, what do you think the difference you is? Know, I mean, maybe I might be more religious than spiritual. Huh. <laughs> That's interesting. I like well, that. Well, you know, I mean, because I'm not, you know, I don't, you know, I don't believe in intervenous, a God that intervenes. I don't, you know, I'm not really big in spiritual powers or miracles or anything like that. You know, I like the practice of studying the Bible and, and I like those things um, and, and, and studying my faith, which is a religion, you know, um, you know, I mean, I think both those world words are, are, are loaded, you know? Yeah. So for me, I, you know, I'm just, I, I just try to think well and live life. And I'm, I'm, I had, I had a sponsor years ago in AA tell me I was haphazardly human. And, <laughs> um, and I think maybe that's what I am. Maybe I'm just haphazardly human. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, where, where, you know, do I believe in God? And I guess my answer to things like that is like, well, I'm doing my best to love my neighbor as myself. You know, I'm doing my best to love my enemy. Yeah. And I hope that speaks for what it is. Um, Cause there are certain things in the text that continue to pull me back in. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've do weddings, Corinthians 13, especially four through seven. Yep. You know, those, those are things that, that, that haunt me at night. Right. You know what I mean? When I'm angry at someone, you know, now I want to forgive them. You know, yeah. do I necessarily want to hang out with them? No. Um, but do I want to try to have a conversation? Yes. When I look at my conservative brothers and sisters, do I want to scapegoat them? No. Do I want to argue well with them? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, but also, you know, I, I, I realize that the more that I've grown, the more that I think, and when I talk about not scapegoating, when I talk about loving my enemies, I mean, as I've done that lately, or I've pointed out the hypocrisy of both sides of the political parties, I've realized that more of my progressive woke friends now have come after me angrily than my, my conservative friends yeah so it's just like one of those things where it's like you know i haven't found a safe place to live anymore you know yeah. i just live life and i put out questions and honestly it's you know it does whoever i piss off i piss off but i, I unfortunately i feel like you know i ran towards the progressive movement you know from the church from evangelicalism from all the conservatism and thought i found a safe space but um what i've realized is you know, they, a lot of people, they don't, they don't give up legalism. They may give up God, but they hold on to these legalistic ideas and the us and them mentalities. And, um, which is crazy, even yeah, in the political sphere. Yeah. Yeah. Me I don't, either. It's I like, I want to live in that. Me either, man. I, I'm, I've tried so hard to, to really balance between the two and, 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 and try to be friends with the quote unquote conservative and friends with the liberal and not just theologically, even politically. Yeah. And it's like, they don't allow you. You have to pick sides. And 
God yeah. forbid you pick a side because then the other side's going to hate you. I mean, it's yeah. just been, I posted the other day, I said, hey, to all my Facebook friends, I said, hey, dear Facebook friends, if you vote for Biden or Trump, I will not delete you and we're still friends. Yeah. I had people that posted a bunch of hate. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's, it's what you're going to get, you know? I mean, um, we, you know, I, what I've realized is a lot of people aren't willing, you know, the, the, the you know, take care of the plank in your eye before you get the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Yeah. And I feel like we've just lost that. And so sometimes what I do like to do when I'm talking to uh, people who follow the Bible or consider themselves Christians and they want to, you know, I'm like, okay, this is where if you really want work, you know, if you're really practicing, let's say the religion, (laughs) you know, (laughs) this is where it gets tough is when we love our enemies. And I think someone who wrote, you know, tons of books and gave a million speeches and showed it was Martin Luther King Jr. um, laid out a wonderful map on how we are to love our enemies and love those who persecute us. And, um, but honestly, I try to teach that and live that. And I found that it's not a popular place right now. You know, people are so on edge. It's like 40 something days before the, the election. And it's like, I can't give my honest critique of Joe Biden, you know, my critique of Trump much worse than it would be my critique of Joe Biden. But still, people, you know, I've had people tell me just in the past two days, shut up and don't critique anything until November or until even I had one person until January, you know, and, and, you know, and and these are all progressives, you know, Um, and and I'm seeing people are saying, well, I'm just happy, you know, I had somebody tell me, you know, point out somebody that, you know, some sexual misconduct uh to someone else and i'm like well how do you handle the sexual misconduct on this side you know well i'm just gonna have to go with the lesser of two evils you know (laughs) and 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 we're willing to you know it's we've become so desperate that and, and this is what happens is we become so desperate that safety becomes more important than the truth and i think that's where a lot of legalism comes from is is the idea of i want to be safe i want to be comfortable I don't want to face ugly truths and I don't want to face the idea of like Hegel talks about how we're all contradictions. I don't want to face the fact that there's so much contradiction in this world. I mean, to the point where we're just saying, you know, plug in our ears and saying, la, 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 let's just pull, pull the lever and get it over with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and as someone who feels like their communicate, their job is to communicate and, and try to think and, and, and encourage and challenge people that's a really tough place to be right now, you know, and it's, yeah. uh, and it's a different kind of sting when it comes from your own camp, you know? Yeah. But it also reminds me so much of why I left the evangelical church was a lot of the backbiting, the, the devouring one another, um, the, 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 yeah, us versus lit, them. The, you know, and the litmus test of, of the purity culture of you have to fit in. And what now I've said is that both sides have their own purity culture of what it is to be pure and what it is to fit in. And it's going like, well, shit, now I'm with another group that I don't add up to, you know, and now I'm in another group that's giving me rules and regulations to tell me what I have to be in order to belong. Right. You know, and I'm going like, that's not what I want. 
but maybe it's just the punk rocker in me. You know, yeah. I mean, I grew up listening. <laughs> I love punk. I love punk music. I love punk ideology. And basically is, is, you know, my thing is, is like, piss off. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to live in a dualistic society. Yeah. You know, you're, I, I'm not going to do that. You know, uh, you can't force me to make this choice, even though this choice is a nice, soft, furry bunny, you know, and this choice is a mean, scary man. You know I mean? I'm not, I'm not, I, I shouldn't have to do that. Right. You know, and I, I don't, you know, like, I've seen some of my friends be like, if you don't vote for, if you vote for Trump, you're not a Christian. And I'm like, how is that any different from when I grew up that people were telling me if I troted for, for, uh, let's see, um, Obama, I wasn't a Christian. Or if I voted for Clinton, that was when I really remember when Clinton was running, you know, all the Christians telling me like, if you vote for Clinton, he's the antichrist and you're not a Christian. You know, it's like. (laughs) Wait, like, no, I thought Obama was the Antichrist. <laughs> you know, I mean, Antichrist switches. Yeah. And so it's like this ideal of just this constant thing of like, if you don't think and do with the way I'm, you're out, it's your, you're out, right. you know, you're not on God's side. You know, I'm like, are we literally as progressive Christians, most of these progressive Christians that I hear saying this shit grew up evangelical. I'm like, you're literally taking the same plays from the old playbooks and right. just switching them. Just switch like so. There hasn't been a major thought change, really, except just these. I like these rules better because they're a little bit loosey goosey. They're a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more open. But give me a little more freedom. <laughs> give me a little bit more freedom. Like oh, I get a little bit more freedom here. So you know, I'm gonna you know, it's just like you know, it, it, we're still prisoners of the system. You know, it's like capitalism. You know, it's like we're still prisoners of that system, no matter how free we think we are. You know, one of the things I think I see a lot of people fighting for equal rights and different things like this. And I'm like, sometimes I see them fighting to just be like, well, we just want to be involved in the capitalistic system. And I'm like, you don't realize is there's always going to be someone at the bottom in the system of capitalism. You know, there's always going to be whether it's, you know, poor white people, poor black people, poor immigrant people you know there's always going to be a group that's at the bottom so just if your group gets lifted up you're still going to have to be stepping on somebody else that's right and and, and so i i, I it, it, it frightens me that people don't see that you know yeah. didn't someone it, say they're famous for saying the poor you will always have with you yeah <laughs> i forget his name <laughs> and it's Wait, funny oh, that Jesus. people and it's funny people use use that to write off the poor often but not realize is what it, it really is saying that, you know, we're always going to have, we, there's always going to be that class, that lower yeah. class that, uh, you know, and there's always going to be us and them. And so I've just decided I don't want to move in those circles yeah. anymore. So I'm going to, you know. Well, it's like the atheists that go, I, I have a, someone that I, a friend that went from big time evangelical Christian and then all the way now to uh, atheist. And he's a great guy, actually. He's, he's actually the better of the atheists that I know. Uh, but he's got like a million followers on his podcast now, and he's got this big wow. atheist podcast uh, doing really, really, really well um, as an atheist. But, you know, it's almost like he just flip flopped. He went from, yeah. you know, evangelical trying to win people to Jesus to, to now atheist trying, trying to, to win people to atheism. Yeah. Well, you're trying to. Yeah. And that's I think that's where we miss it, yeah. you know. And so for me, I can honestly say there are days that I'm a Christian. There are days that I'm an atheist. There's a days I'm atheist. 
Um, you know, I don't know. I don't I know ultimately. That, I've never heard anybody say you know? that. I don't know if so, I go. I, I, I could almost swing. So in my journey, I considered atheism. But for me, yeah. just personally, as as journeyed, um, I I just like I really investigated it. I watched all the debates. I mean, I know. I mean, yeah. I've I've read the stuff. I've watched the debates. I just couldn't go there. I I just I really believe that there is some kind of higher power, God. Yeah. Now I don't necessarily think it's the Bible God that I grew up understanding. I'm not really sure where I am on a on a personal God. Like I can actually you know, yeah. pray to him or her. And he's going to be like, yes, Timmy, what would you like me to do today? <laughs> Have you, read, you should read some Paul Tillich. I mean, like the idea of the ground of being is a pretty cool concept. Ooh, I'll, I'll look that up. I want to, yeah. I'd like to read that because I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning way like away from that for sure. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's a weird, you talked about deconstruction or un, unlearning, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I spent 30 years as an evangelical pastor and and yeah talk about unwinding i mean my my the church at one point we had three four hundred people coming weekly and and you know easter we'd have 600 people i mean it was blowing and going but man my theology just as it went different it was like the back door was ginormous yeah, and and people yeah. couldn't roll with me at first. It was just I was this tattooed, crazy-haired, kind of you know, um, um, uh, whatever guy that was preaching "quote unquote" the truth. That was a little edgy. Yeah, to, to you know, to obviously where I'm at now, which is, um, yeah, it, not that for sure. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to have some of my like major like letting go of hell and and not believing in atonement theory and all that stuff after I came out as an affirming as an ally yeah. to LGBTQ folks. So basically everybody ran out the door when I did that, all my <laughs> speaking engagements got canceled. I mean, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I had a staff of about seven people I had to lay them all off. Um, wow. So I've you were never, blowing and going. Yeah, no, yeah. I've never financially recovered from that. Um, uh, the church has been great. We have lots of great people who attend online and things like that, but that was it for me. That was, we, it was one and done. And, um, but luckily my theology hasn't chased a lot of people out of the doors because the people who stuck around kind of were able to, you know, either agree to disagree or agree. So it's, it's, it's been good, but I kind of got rid of everybody in one quick swoop at the beginning. I'll tell you, Jay, so. I'm curious. I, I, I'm curious if you have regrets there. And the reason I say that is, you know, in, in talking to Carlton Pearson, you know, uh, I had, I had, I've been friends with him since the nineties, you know, I went to higher dimensions back in the day and, and uh, you know, was a part of his church way back when. And, and I was still, a pastor at an event at my evangelical church that I started when, you know, Carlton Pearson went through his evolution. Yeah. And yeah. I remembered, I remembered that. And so I reached back out to him and just said, Hey, you know, I'm still quote unquote an evangelical pastor, but you know, I, I just want you to know, I love you and support you. And I don't, I don't have a problem with anything that's going on with you. And, and that kind of, you know, created an ally. He and I talked uh, quite often through that process, but my gosh, I mean, to lose everything. And, and so for you, I mean, to, you know, I mean, if you could have just kept your fucking person, your views on the down low, yeah. preaching that gospel, you know, preaching that gospel, just being edgy, 
you could still yeah. be speaking at all these big churches, making lots of money. And, but you just, what, you just couldn't, you just couldn't, you had to be authentic. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I couldn't see my, I just had too many LGBTQ brothers and sisters that I'd saw suffering, Yeah, you know, and I just was dumb and, and I knew other people who, who, who believed it, but were afraid to say it. I mean, I sat down after that. I mean, I kind of went on a, for a while, I got a little legalistic with it. Um, and I still don't actually even regret that is that I started going to other pastors in the emergent church and other people, cause I was involved in the emergent church who were bigger like Brian authors McLaren, and Brian McLaren Rob and people, Rob Bell, guys like that. And yeah. said, you've got to say it. I've said it and it costs me everything. If you say it, it's going to cost you a lot, but it'll cost you a little less. And we've got to normalize this. We've got to move forward. And, um, you know, and I've seen them all come around and I'm not going to say that was because of me. Oh. Um, but you know, but I did go through a thing where I challenged them all to, to the point where I think like a couple of the guys are still mad at me, even though they're affirming, I think they're mad that I called them out publicly at a time. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do at this point. Um, but I mean, no, I got banned from a, a, a major a Christian festival, a, a, a progressive Christian festival got stopped having me, wouldn't have me again because I, 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 because I called some pastors out on LGBTQ issues. Um, but, and I, maybe I should have held my tongue a little bit, but no, sure. I don't regret it. I sleep well at night. Um, you know, I just felt like somebody had to normalize it, right. you know, somebody had to make it. And you know what? A few years later, you know, people like Rachel Held Evans, came out as gay affirming and it's, she still was huge and still blew up and Nadia Boltz Weber and she's still huge and Rob Bell's still big. You know what I mean? And, oh, and he's probably all even done, bigger. Yeah. You know, so they've all been able to, to come out and say these things and do it, you know? And I mean, is there a part of me that's like, man, if I just would have waited like three or four years, you know, I mean, yeah. but only maybe because I, I have to explain to my kids why dad has to live in a small apartment. Right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Here's why dad lives in a van down by the river, kids. Well, because, you know, my kids are like, dad, why can't we have a pool? Or dad, why can't we do this? Or why don't we have this like at mom's house, you know? And I have had to sit down and say, listen, you know, sometimes when you do things that you love, you have to make sacrifices. And I'm like, and dad loves what he does and loves what he's able to say and communicate with people. And so I can't have all the nice things. Now, you know, I said I could sacrifice that maybe if I wanted more. Yeah. I'm like, but I, that's not what I want in life, you know? And I, and it just, it's funny that it hits different when you're explaining it to your kids because you're realizing, oh, okay, this is what I'm doing. Because I honestly wasn't mentally thinking about it that way. Right. You know? Um, so it's like, you know, you choose to live your life a particular way. And man, I have people who tell me not to live my life this way and how to live it differently <laughs> and what I should do. You know what I mean? And people's opinions that do matter to me who think, yeah. you know, oh, you should do this or maybe you're, you know, and I just, I can't. I've I'd had, like to, uh, but I can't. I, I, you know, Jay, I think that's the, the, you know, when I, you know, talk to you and we've chit chatted via text and stuff, I, I think the reason. I connected with you is, is I'm the same way. I've had yeah. so many evangelical friends come to me, Timmy, if you would just stop with the 
you know, the LGBT stuff, or if you just whatever, like you can be edgy, that's fine. You can cuss, you know, you can talk about smoking cigars, like you can be yeah. cool, you know, like you can, you can do you so can, much, you can do so much, you know, and, and I had one friend tell me, he said, you would have a huge church. Cause I was within the assemblies of God and I was, you know, yeah. heading, I was heading, I was heading up the ladder in the assemblies of God. And that just all blew up. Um, as my theology continued to, to evolve. And I had a lot of well-meaning friends, like I'm sure you've had millions more that had just said, Hey, listen, it's fine for you to believe that. Just don't share it. Well, you, you know, know, when I stick sat, I with... sat down and told my mom before she died, I said, you know, mom, this is what I'm going to do. And she goes, well, honey, you know, you can, you can do it without saying it. And I'm like, mom, no, I said, I can't do that. And she goes, I said, why? And she goes, honey, the Christians are going to destroy you. And she goes, and that's what I'm afraid of. And it's funny. I sat down with my dad. We had a debate and it boiled down to this at the end is the same thing. Like I won the debate on LGBTQ stuff with him. I really believe that. Yeah. And, uh, and like, cause we were pulling out scriptures, you know, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> at the end he said, son, the church is going to crucify you. And he goes, but everybody needs to be crucified. I mean, I just, you know, huh. and those are moments that like I hold on to, like my parents were more worried about what other Christians were going to do than that. You know, and it's so funny. Interesting. More than they were worried about what you believe. They were worried about how yeah. the church was going to yeah. respond. Yeah. They just didn't want me to go through because they'd already, they'd been through it, Yeah, you know, and they didn't want to see me go through it. And I am now, it's so weird. Like, like why, you know, when you have kids, now that I have my own kids, I get what they were saying. Yeah. It wasn't that they were saying, we want a son that compromises because both of my parents have said, I'm proud of you. Like my dad's like, I'm proud of you. Even though we might not agree, I'm proud that you follow what you believe. Man, and my mom so said the same thing to me. Yeah, and that's what people don't, you know, they don't see that. People are like, why do you not denounce your dad? I'm like, well, you get there's certain things you don't see. Yeah. Um, say what my parents felt that way. They, yeah. they they secretly are trying to win me to back to Jesus. <laughs> 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 they they literally cried one time and said, "We just want you to be in heaven with us." <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, if that even exists. But anyway. Yeah, I, and it's funny thing is, yeah, you know, I have my dad's never gone that far. You know, I mean, I think my dad's actually even supported our ministry at times and, and supported. It has definitely supported me as I've gone through some tough stuff. Yeah. In my life and people are like, Oh, you know, I don't have a lot of family, man. You know, yeah. my dad and I got my sister and my nephews and my kids, you know, it's like, I've got friends who are like family. I mean, I'd say my buddy Pete Rollins is closer than family. You know, he's, he's, he's the closest person in my life, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's funny though. You know, I had some, I, I speak, I had this guy who was debating with me and he was an atheist guy and he's like, Oh, so you gave up everything because you take a stood for something that was actually right. Oh, what you deserve a medal, you know? And I was like, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I get it though. You know, it's like, it it doesn't make sense that I'm involved in a world where I have to make, where I have to say that people are human beings too and shouldn't be treated like shit or lesser than. Right. And then I have to lose everything. You're on the right side of history. It's like, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that we have to have those type of conversations in a way, you know? Um, but I guess that's what reformers do and that's what we do. Um, so honestly, it's like, I just don't want anybody to think like I'm like having a pity me 
thing or I'm a hero thing. I, I'm not either of those. I'm like a martyr. Extreme. No, yeah. A martyr I mean, I'm for just, progressive. <laughs> I'm just, not at all. You know, it's like I live my life. I'm blessed to be able to do what I do. Yeah, I live in a small apartment. You know, um, uh, but too, I brother. love the, fa- but I don't care. You know what I mean? I love that I have a nice place to sleep. I love that I have clothes to wear. You know what I mean? If it was up to me, all preachers would have a cap on their salary anyway. And then it would just have to go towards other preachers so they could preach and just make a decent living doing it. You make a right. living doing it. You know? Right. I have food to eat. I can go to the grocery store. You know what I mean? So it's like, I do what I love, man. And, me too, and, brother. And so honestly, I win, you know, yeah. I win. Yeah, I had you know, a friend ask me if I, I wanted get, to. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I just I've seen some of my buddies who have great stuff and cool houses, and their theology hasn't changed in 30 years, yeah. and I feel sad for them. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, you've got a freaking hot rod, a freaking Harley, and a normal car, and a pool, and all this sweet shit. You know, and it's like, I feel sorry for you. You yeah. know, because the stuff just doesn't do it for me, man. Yeah, me either, man. I'm more, I'm more on relationships and and experiences, and you know, it's it's been it's been one of the greatest journeys ever. I too live in a little one bedroom apartment. Yeah, six hundred. What's what do I got here? Six hundred and seventy five <laughs> square feet, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just a small little apartment, but man, I, I couldn't be happier. You know, and I couldn't yeah. be happier. Not, and I, you know, I pastored a church, a, a large church. I mean, large for me, you know, three, four yeah. people. Uh, and and now I, I don't. Right now, you know, I do online only stuff. Um, and, and actually, I can honestly say with this is absolutely a fact true. Like if you looked into this, I make zero money from church and teaching. Right. Like, like zero. I make literally no one supports nothing right now. Now, that'll change when we relaunch in December, I'm sure. But. And man, there's such a freedom in that. I, I say what I fucking believe or what I yeah. think I believe or know at that point. I have no restrictions on myself. Um, and I'm okay I mean, with I mean, saying, does hell exist? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, but ultimately, I don't know. No one showed me any video footage. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like, I'm so excited about like the congregation that I have and, you know, having an online church, we, you know, we do meet your congregation podcast where we interview somebody once a week from the congregation. So everybody can get to know each other. I have conservatives. I have liberals. I have atheists. I have people who aren't, you know, you know, whatever. Yeah. Who attend the to church. join your church, brother. You should, man. And we like have like conversations after every talk. We do what we call afterglow as kind of a joke. But it's just basically like we just discuss the talk after the talk, and that's part of the podcast. And people push back often, and, and, and we have different conversations. But it's also great to see, like, you know, we've had people come in uh, in the live discussions who are really angry and see my friend who's like uh, a non binary atheist person with our Trump supporting conservative. Both of them agreeing to talk to this other person to try to calm them down and show them love and grace. And so watching them do it together. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so for me, it's like, you know, it was really, I mean, I, I would love to take the, the credit for like my 
my main focus has been like, we need to argue well and not scapegoat each other. But that's something that I've kind of got with my buddy Pete a bit yeah. and, and learned from Pete. And what I've done is I've really fo- made that a focus of the church. And now I'm seeing it happen. I'm seeing people come together with different beliefs and different convictions who can see past these differences and when it's time to argue well, argue well. And when it's not time to argue, actually be human and kind and love each other and even work together. So for me, it's just been like fascinating and amazing to see this come to pass. You see people who are really willing to sit down and argue well, not scapegoat each other and not take easy way outs of arguments of like, you know, or go into the hierarchy of suffering. Well, I've suffered more than you know, I've suffered, you know, not going to those, those ability and literally sitting down or I've, you know, it's just cool. It's just really, it's really amazing to see. I think that's what, to me, that, that's the beauty of it. And I think that's why, you know, I still resonate deeply with the message of Jesus. And, and I think that's what it is. And, you know, the best conversations I've ever had are conversations with someone that believes different than me, but yet they respect my beliefs and I respect their beliefs. And at the end of the day, I believe what I believe, but yeah. I could be wrong. And, and, yeah. and the, the, the conversations that I don't do well in, and this is about me probably, like I need to go to therapy to fix this more, but right. the, the, where I really get challenged is where I'm talking to someone who's not okay with me and my beliefs, meaning I'm trying to respect that. Hey, I mean, do you believe in that? I don't. And, but you know, yeah. but where they just keep trying to convince me that I'm wrong I just really struggle. It's hard for me to not get agitated and, and honestly, even angry when I'm talking to people like that, that they're not talking to me just to, just to share and break bread and talk, you know, that, Hey, you know, maybe there isn't a hell. I don't know, but they're, they don't talk to me like that. They talk to me in a way of, no, there is a hell and you're going to go there unless you change your (laughs) beliefs. (laughs) I, you know, and it's funny for me, it's like that used to be my biggest pet peeve, but now I actually kind of prefer those people now that, now that I've started arguing with some of my, you know, fellow progressive, I, I almost miss those conversations because now it seems it's like, it's like, I'm not allowed to like, you know, my pain is different than their pain or this pain or that, yeah. you know, now it's like, you know, I'm not allowed to be a human. And so that's really tough now for me, I think, is what I struggle with is how to, you know, not get into the contest of suffering or, 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 you know what I mean? And try to just listen. Um, But at the same time, you know, I feel like progressives, we have a way of saying certain things that like, if we basically we put person into a corner and be like, basically, if you, if you argue with me on this point, it's going to make you look like shit. Right. There is no way out of it. You yeah. know, there's no way out of it. You're going to look like, you know, just like a condemning, hateful, heterosexual yeah. white male. <laughs> You're going to look bigoted. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, it, you know, and so you just got to be like, well, okay, well, I've just got to shut up, you know? And sometimes you need to shut up. Definitely. Right. But I think sometimes we use unfair tactics um, to make people look bad and shut down arguments, which, could be beneficial uh, and good the for fact me to hear. is 
Well, and well, and the thing is, is we've got to argue well. You know, we can argue well. We can get upset. Conflict is okay. Conflict is not war. When we go to yeah. war, is when we start to kill each other, dehumanize one another, sell each other out, and shut each other off. Yeah. You know, Dr. King sat in rooms with people who were literally killing his own people. And I mean, and throwing, you know, trying to kill his family and eventually killed him. Yeah. But he saw the importance of sitting and speaking truth and having these hard conversations because that's how things change. And right. then also seeing when people change, accepting that change. And that's the thing I'm afraid of now is like when I, I remember a few years, like a year ago, the guy who wrote I Kissed Dating Goodbye came out and denounced it. And I saw a lot of people say it's too late. Yeah. Too much, too little, too late. And I'm going like, that is not, you know, you can do that. That's fine. But yeah. if you're part of the church at all, that's not a practice of a religious practice of Christianity at all, as you would read that back. If you're a part of a movement like the nonviolence movement, of you're, that's what you work towards. You work for that moment where the person goes, the information I had was wrong. I was misinformed. Now I am informed. And that's when you open your arms and go, yes, let's walk together. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was happy to see that. Because King would say, you know, people aren't the enemy. Right. Misinformation is the enemy. And we've got to, 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 to expose the correct information. We only do that through love and through conversations, through patience. I think that's why it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. I think it's also why it's in the Corinthians 13. Um, love is patient, kind, not jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. You know, those are ways that we have these conversations. But I think it's violence when we cancel a person and stop talking to them. I think it's violence when we, when we scapegoat others and say, well, it's all their problem and yeah. our life would be better if it wasn't for them. You know, it's just, we just, we make yeah, all the, that, these gosh. exceptions to the rule. It's like people do with religion, you know, Isn't that it's like, wild. That's man, man, what you're saying is so rich. It's so good because I've had a lot of people, uh, or I say a lot of people, friends from Bible college, evangelical Bible college days who uh, have, you know, don't, don't talk to me anymore. And we used to talk on the daily or at least, yeah. at least weekly, find out how each other was doing, how our families were and all that stuff. And, you know, I don't, I don't hear from them at all anymore. And yeah, it's just, it's sad because it's like, man, just because my beliefs are different than yours, um, you know, or I went through a divorce or whatever it is that they, uh, you know, whatever's bothering them. And, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's sad. It's sad because yeah. it's just so counter to what Jesus taught. <laughs> and yeah. that's who I mean, they I, claim I, to follow. I, 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 at this point in my life, I, I will not shut down a conversation with anyone. You know, like if Donald Trump called up and said, I want to have a conversation with you. It's going to be huge. Get over here. You know, like, <laughs> that was a pretty I'd get good, my, that sounded like him. <laughs> I'd get in my car and go have a conversation, you know, and hope that something that I said would expose something that he needs to hear. You know what I mean? Dude, you need to but, change your hairstyle. That's what we need to tell him. But if somebody took a picture <laughs> of us together, do you oh, think shit. I would I would exist anymore? No, you'd you know, be fucking like I'm, not, I'm, you know, people like, you know, get mad when they see pictures of people. Pray, like I'm not a prayer. Right. I'll go ahead and say it right now. I pray very little, um, and 
you know, if I got asked to pray for the president, would I pray for the president? Yeah. I mean, if you asked me to pray for you, I'd pray for you. It's not something I do on a regular basis. Sure. Um, you know, but I, 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 you know, I don't pray a whole lot, but, but the idea is, is like, you know, look at these evangelicals praying for the president. How could they do that? You know, I'm like, okay, guys, it's not that they're praying for him. Maybe it's the fact that they're, they believe they're supporting him is the problem. Right. And that that seems misinformed. But the fact that they're praying for him, I mean, come on. Right. You know, like we're not supposed to pray for each other. I mean, the Bible says pray for your enemies. <laughs> right. So I'm going to pray for, you know, yeah, I'm pray for those in authority. Have, <laughs> right. I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with anybody I can have a conversation with. Yeah. You know, and um, I think that's what's hard about social media is because you don't, aren't able to really have rich conversations with people, good conversations. And it often just goes from a little disagreement straight to war. And, and you can't have really, I mean, sometimes you do, and you can have some good conversations, but often it just gets, you get just shut people down. And I think we, we're missing something, you know, we're missing this the human connection of, of disagreeing well. And I'm not asking people to, you know, they have to agree with each other. I'm saying, no, just disagree well and don't cut each other off. Man, I'm telling you, that's know? a message. You, you need to write a book on that, brother, because, you know, anytime I post anything, which I've done a lot of uh, posts on Facebook, which I don't get into discussions. I don't do much on Facebook except just post stuff. Yeah. And so I'll post that, you know, I'm no longer an evangelical Christian. And I can literally go to my friends, uh, the number there, and I can watch it drop. Watch it drop. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like literally. It's like you're at the max five thousand. I post. I post something like that. It's like boom. All right. Now I got some open spots for some room at friends. the end. <laughs> I mean, but it's. I mean, literally, literally. It's like it's like a joke to me. I literally yeah. will post something like that. Like, here's what I yeah. think. There, hell doesn't exist. And boom, I start dropping. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's just. <laughs> It's not, it's, I just don't, it's just not reality, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, it might be time to, I'm such an introvert that I, I don't really hang out with a lot of people, but I'm always, you know, I'm open to interesting conversations. I learn so much from people who disagree with me, you know, I learned so much from that, yeah, you know, too. that's people are like, you know, stop talking to your dad. Don't blah, blah, blah. Denounce him publicly. I'm like, if I denounce him publicly, he's not going to want to sit down and have a yeah, conversation. He's your dad. You know, so I believe trust, something that yeah. you don't believe. Oh man, I mean, I, he had a stroke. I asked people to pray for him, and people were on me like horribly. God you know, man. Um, so I don't when know. You, the world's a, a, a strange place, and it is. And people are in a strange place, and I, I just hope people that that people will get tired of this way of dualistic thinking and the us and them thinking. Yeah. And we can move further than that. Absolutely. When know, the aliens show up, God that knows, will happen. Yeah, we'll all join together. <laughs> we'll all be like, holy shit, it's real. <laughs> we better drop all this polarizing bullshit and political parties and religious right. shit and talk about these fucking green guys. <laughs> right. But of course, you know, like six months into it, we'll have we'll split on some reason. Right. Of like, oh, these are the alien supporters and these are the non-alien supporters, you know? I mean, we're freaking arguing over masks on our face. Oh, my gosh. I you know what I mean? Friends. I went to Florida and took a picture of me and some friends on the beach. I didn't have my mask on. People lit me the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, 
that's now that's a thing. Yeah. So it's like we will find reasons to 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 scapegoat the other. Exactly. But usually, what it what it shows is is that there's something within us. There's a lack within us. There's a pain within us. There's some un dealt with conflict that's within us that doesn't allow us to have these conversations. And so I think that's why we've got to, you know, look at self-care, look at going to see therapists and things like that. Why that helps because often it's stuff with ourselves that we see within ourselves or that we're unable to express this lack that keep us from being able to have these conversations and that we're holding on to this, this need to be right or this need, you know, no matter what our, you know, we're always changing. That's why I just think we've got to not hold our convictions so tightly. Yeah. yeah. But, well, I'm going to throw it, I'm going to throw it in reverse real quick. I, we, you and I, okay. I know can talk for, for a long time. And matter of fact, I'd just be frank with you. I, I need to come up. I don't know when you're moving to Seattle, but I need to make a trip up to just hang out with you and have a cup of coffee or, or, uh, yeah, or cigar or whatever you do. Um, so as I throw it into reverse to, to a few more questions, and this is the, the fun stuff, the thought experiment stuff. Okay. I don't know if you follow archaeology that much, but, um, or that great series that I'm not saying I believe all this stuff, but it's an interesting series, the ancient aliens on Netflix, um, series. If you haven't seen it, I haven't, I haven't watched it, but I've seen it. Okay. Advertised yeah. Before. It's really popular, but, um, some of the things that they, they talk about is just the, the ancient civilizations that are you know, being uncovered that date back, you know, way back, like way, 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 yeah. way, 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 way back. And just the, the advanced technology. I mean, even the pyramids, like we literally yeah, don't yeah, know how I'm they did kidding. it. We still can't explain it. And it's just whatever. And so I'm curious what you kind of think about those things, which then leads me to really – you know, how do you think humans got here? And again, this isn't like, you know, the exact answer, but, <laughs> but this is like a very thought experiment. Like, what do you think? Unless you do think that Adam and Eve were literally the first two humans 6,000 years ago. <laughs> um, I, I think, um, you know, well, it's anytime like I hear anything crazy on, 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 I mean, nowadays we just, we get our news so fast and so quick and, and, uh, you know, I just, I like to research things. I like to look into things, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, honestly, I, 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 you know, I probably just say I go with the big bang theory, um, because guys who spent their whole life working and studying on it and know so much more than me have, have kind of agreed on that. Um, but it would be something that if I was going to give a definite answer, I would probably want to spend more time looking at and using my critical thinking skills to do, um, because I don't think we use enough of those in our lives, right. you know, um, we just accept things that we see on the news or that we see online and we just, you know, just accept it and then blow right. up, you know, and I, I think we need to make time for, for more critical thinking. Um, you know, I think people are so afraid of being silent, right? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and I get that, you know, like, cause silence is violence. But a lot of those concepts were where we were talking about that type of stuff, just even in like when Dr. King would talk about that stuff, were in the 60s and he wasn't dealing with like you hear something on – you see something on Twitter and you have to react right away. I mean there has got to be some room for critical thinking and fact-checking. Yeah. Um, so that's how I kind of just – very practical. Sure. 
just, I'm very practical when it comes to that type yeah. of thing. Um, you know, I, I, I know that there's been religions before Christianity that had very much, very similar to Christianity, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like and real I, similar, I, you know, like and, their savior was yeah, crucified like, and came back and virgin births <laughs> and yeah, you know, and so like, you know, I, I understand that and it hasn't shooken me, you know, it hasn't made me be like, oh, there's no such thing as right. this, you know, I mean, I don't know. Um, so, you know, I think Adam and Eve is definitely just a story, right. you know. Yeah, um, me too. I, I, yeah, I, and I think the flood is just a story as well, yeah. you know, um, or it was a localized flood, right? <laughs> On a really big boat, but, um, but, you know, so yeah, I, yeah, so I don't know. the um, government, you know, obviously, I'm sure you're aware of this, most people are. Um, you know, the government released documentation now, released press releases that uh, the UFO phenomenon is actually true. Yes, so I'm yeah. curious, like, how did, what'd you, how, what'd you make of that? The, the singer from, the singer from Blink-182. Um, yes. Was a, played a yes, big part in that. I heard. Yeah, he was yeah. on Joe Rogan, I think, talking about that. Yeah, and he's, on, he's also in that band, Angels and Airwaves, and, which is a guilty pleasure yeah. of mine. Um, uh yeah, you know, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's, you know, of course there's unidentified flying objects. Do we know what they are? If there are other, if there is other planets, I mean, of course it's going to change the way people, I mean, other life sure. on other planets. It would you be know? almost inconceivable I mean, I if there, I mean, I'm not, I mean, it'd yeah, be un, there's so I many mean, planets, so many solar, I mean, it's a big place. I would be surprised if there wasn't. I mean, wasn't just a few weeks ago where they, I mean, just a week ago where they said that there might be life like, on Venus or whatever. Life. Yeah. I mean, it might be an organism you know, or something, an organism or something yeah. like that. And that's like, that's cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, I think that's great. I, I've, I've been, I keep thinking of that little comic. I saw this little comic clipping and it's these two aliens standing in front of the uh, crucifixion, like a statue of the crucifixion. Yeah. And none of the aliens like, what do you think? And then they got the aliens like, I think we better get the hell out of here fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I saw another one where two aliens are talking and they're like talking to a human and they're like, oh yeah, Jesus came and saw us. Yeah, well, we gave him a box of chocolates. Um, what did you guys give him? And the guy was like, oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm so thrilled to hear you say this, Jay, because I, you know, the, I'm so. I think if anybody that anybody that knows me would say that I'm open-minded, very open-minded, yeah. like just extremely open-minded. I heard one of my friends believes that we were possibly, and again, I'm not saying I believe this, but one of my friends was saying that he believes that we, we were seated here by aliens. And, you know, on years ago, I would have thought that sounded nuts, but yeah, today I'm like, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, yeah. who the hell knows? At right, point, right. I mean, that's kind of Scientology. Isn't I mean, it? maybe. Isn't I don't it? know. But, you know, when you think about the idea of Elon Musk, you know, working to colonize Mars, like just like, <laughs> you know, whether that happens or yeah. not, wh- whatever about Elon Musk, it doesn't matter. But just the thought, just think about it. If we went back to the 1500s with our fucking cell phones and computers and supersonic jets, that would seem like aliens. I mean, yeah, I mean, just the, just our phones. I mean, if you would have told me that about our phones 25 years ago, right. 
you know, that I'd have, have my camera, my music, and everything in one place. I would have yeah. been like, oh, that's insane. And then we could have been Star Trek in each other, like, you know, FaceTime, FaceTime in each <laughs> other. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. absolutely, yeah, it, it's inconceivable. And so, yeah, I think I'm at a place in my life where, I mean, I have beliefs. I have a set of beliefs, things I believe in, but I always tag on the end that, but I could be wrong, you know? Yeah, and I mean, there's so much that we will, we, we, we don't know and we'll never know. And I mean, I think that's why I like philosophy is like the kind of the search for the truth, but always realizing that there's just so much out there that we can never grasp at all. So I just kind of like to, I'm, I'm like, you know, kind of stay in my lane, you know, and, and work with that. And, you know, I mean, if there's some proof out tomorrow that, you know, oh, the Bible was fiction and Jesus never existed, you know, it's, it would still be like, okay, well, this is still the foundation of all my yeah. work is still this book, you know, and the ideas of whoever wrote this book about this guy, Jesus, you know, so um, it would still be a great foundation. I mean, Galatians would still be one of my favorite written letters wow. ever, yeah. you know, that and, and, a, and a letter from a Birmingham jail, you know, those would still be two of my favorite letters that ever my existed. favorite is Timothy. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that is so beautiful to hear you say. I, I think I got that thought from a book I read by Rob Bell. I think he talked about the the wall of Christianity, and if there's one brick that gets you know pulled out, and if if your whole structure completely collapses, it, it wouldn't for me. Like whenever the discussions, and I'm sure this is stuff you've talked about. You know, people ask me, "Do you think Jesus was married?" And I'm like, I don't know. I don't, right, I, right. it doesn't matter if he was, it literally yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't rock me. It wouldn't be like, Oh my gosh, he's married. It's all untrue. It, it would make actually more sense in his tradition. If Jesus to, was yeah, to be a 30 year old, uh, the fact that Jesus wasn't married actually raises more flags than if Jesus yes, was married. hundred percent. That's what people don't, don't understand. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like, it's almost like know, most likely um, he actually, actually, he was married. You know, and then Paul saying, you know, not to get married in one book, you know, I mean, and then, you know, it's just, it's all like, you know, and then, then in another book telling you to get married and how to treat your right. family, you know, I mean, it's, whatever, <laughs> God, it's like, I'm so confused. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have to do this again. I'm definitely coming to Seattle to visit because I've never been there before. Great. Um, plus I love, awesome, man. I love good love coffee and I'm, and I'm actually, uh, I'm not kidding. Like I am going to, to come and see you. I've, I've wanted to okay. ever since we kind of connected. Um, okay. So final question. Uh, how can people follow your shit, find out what's going on with you, keep up with you? Are you on social media? I am. Um, I'm Jay Baker on Twitter. Um, two K's and Baker. And I'm Jay Baker on Instagram, which Instagram is my favorite place. Um, my probably my least amount of followers. And that might be why it's my favorite place. <laughs> um, <laughs> um that Twitter and Facebook, um, I am debating on getting rid of my personal Facebook only because it's just, uh, there's a different level of comments on Facebook that is starting to feel like the comment section on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I'm not sure if it's healthy right. for me at right. this point in my life. Um, but revolutionchurch.com okay. is our website. Um, Revolution Church, all my talks are free anywhere you listen to podcasts. Okay. Um, we release a Meet Your Congregation on Wednesdays and a service every Sunday. 
Um, we face, we're on Facebook Live for Revolution Church at 11 o'clock uh, Central Time every Sunday. Um, so, yeah, those are all the places you can okay. get me and where well, I'm at. And I'm, and I'm going to have you in uh, to speak here at the Mercy Community. Probably it's going to have to wait till next year until, you know, all the whatever yeah, stuff. Yeah, until the, the world settles down. Yeah. Uh, but if you'd be up for that, I definitely want to have you of course. in Kansas City uh, to speak. And uh, yeah, man, you're, you're a good dude. I've, I've awesome. followed you for a while. And uh, I just I love you and appreciate you and respect you. And, and uh, glad you took the time to let me interview you today. Oh, oh man. Thanks. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Cool. Fun. All right, bro. Have a good one. Okay. Yeah. Let me know when this is up and I'll. Okay. Yeah. It should be up here in a little bit. Okay. Okay, brother. Okay. All right. See you. Bye. Bye.